welcome back to the New York Gun Guys podcast. My name is John. My name is Taylor. We have Captain Stevie on the controls today and Taylor. Yeah, man. What are we talking about? Well, on our last episode, we went over Biden's gun control policies. Yeah. And like we said, we yep. know it was a long episode, so thank you for sticking with us. This yeah. one's going to be more gun-centric. Right. Um, part of his policies were taking weapons of war off our streets. Right. And honestly, I was thinking, wait a minute. Wh- like, what do they think a weapon of war is? Because right. right now, there are weapons of war being collected, traded, mm-hmm. shot, used mm-hmm. by civilians of this country. Mm-hmm. So... What I kind of note the sarcasm here, but, you know, what is a weapon of war? Yeah. What I think this comes down to is weapons of war is the new term for assault rifle, I think. Yes. It's being thrown out a lot right now. Weapons of war. We have weapons of war on the streets. Look, what what exactly is a weapon of war? I think weapon of war in the eyes of certain politicians is synonymous for assault rifle. I agree. Um, and then going further than that, if you really look at what real weapons of war are, most of them are fully legal. Yes, which 100%. is it just makes it it just makes no sense. So if we that's want to go by the literal today. definition of what a weapon of war is, it's a weapon that was used in war. I mean, it could be a knife. A knife is a weapon. It could yeah. be a firearm. A firearm's a weapon. It mm-hmm. could be a tank. A tank exactly. is a weapon. I would love to have a tank. Yes, I agree. I would love a tank. <laughs> I think we all would. Um, <laughs> so getting into yeah. now what. I believe to be a weapon of war is, in this context, is a firearm that was used in a conflict or war. So let me ask you this, Taylor. Right now, the political definition of weapons of war, what is that? What are they pushing as a weapon of war? They're basically pushing um, assault rifles, Mm AR-15s, AK-47, semi-auto, civilian, legal, anything that they deem to be a scary assault rifle that they say should belong on a battlefield far away. Pistol grips. Yep. Muzzle brakes, bayonet lugs, bayonet lugs, high capacity magazine. Right, Ooh. right. So, um, and most of us know that's what they're looking at. Taylor, right. what is a real weapon of war? Give me some examples of a legitimate weapon that was used during wartime that was issued to soldiers as a weapon of war. Funny you should ask that, John, because I happen to brought a couple of examples with me. Oh today. wow, look at now, that! Now, most of my collection does actually encompass weapons of war. Right, technically. Um, I mean, I have K98 Mausers. Yep. Those were definitely weapons of yep. war used by the Wehrmacht. Yep. And World one of War our, II. Right. One of our earlier episodes was about M1 Garands. Yes, M1 Wep- Garands. One of the most recognizable and, you know, popular weapons of war right. in the country. Now, the M1 Garand that I that I highlighted in our episode on the M1s that was rebuilt in, in Brisbane, Australia, that's more of a weapon of war than any AR-15 you're going to buy off a shelf yep. nowadays. Yeah. Honestly, any weapon could be a weapon of war. Any firearm could be a weapon of war. Sure. And that is my big problem. But like I said, funny you should ask, I happen to have brought with me two weapons of war, of actual war, of things that were dragged around by God knows who and yeah. God knows what, con- well, I know mm-hmm. which conflict specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so we could we could kick this off with, with my first weapon of war here yeah. on the right. New York Gun Guys podcast. Right. Now, we had gone over on a previous episode, SKSs. Right? right, and I I wanted to save this particular SKS for another episode because it really kind of warranted its own episode. This mm-hmm. is this is probably one of my, if not my favorite gun in my collection, mm-hmm. just because of its rarity, because of its uniqueness. So what this is a Yugo M5966 SKS. Now mm-hmm. people are like, well, that's not fucking rare, or that's not fucking you know anything right. special. This one, however, is what's known as a partisan rifle, and this particular partisan rifle was once a select fi- a field modified what does that mean? 
a partisan rifle basically is, in the context of this, is um, when the breakup of Yugoslavia happened and civil war ensued, mm-hmm. they had what was known as partisan uh, so actors, soldiers. Basically, they weren't affiliated with any recognized legitimate state government but they were okay. more along the lines of militia groups okay, um, gotcha. you could you could say the same thing was for example in World War II in Belarus mm-hmm. when the Germans were invading Belarus that you had partisan actors that were partisan to one side or another gotcha, that okay. fought mm-hmm. on just not under any recognizable state or government entity right so this is what's known as a partisan rifle and there is a website actually written on this it's uh, partisanrifles.weebly.com that is a, um, you could go there and there is a section under SKS rifles and this is a, this actual gun is not the same one from the website, but the website lists it as an SKS M5966 Bosnian Select Fire Conversion. Now, this particular gun, uh, the Bosnians were basically being, for lack of a better word, genocided and a lot of, you know, I, I, to- I spoke about the break of Yugoslavia in, in another episode, but... It was really a horrific, horrific war that happened in the 90s. So very relevant to today's, you know, um, to today's history. And, you know, it wasn't that far. It wasn't that far back. So this particular gun, the Bosnians, they were under an arms embargo by the Yugoslavians. Mm -hmm. And there was ethnic tensions, ethnic genocide, ethnic cleansing that was going on. They had to basically scrounge up whatever guns they could. And these were very common in the region at the time, along with AKs and other guns. Mm -hmm. But what they did with this gun specifically was they took a semi-automatic, regular 5966 Yugo SKS, and they converted it to select fire. Okay. And how that happened was basically they modified the trigger group. I'm not going to get into how they did that, but basically, if you know anything about an M2 carbine versus an M1 carbine, the conversion is you you manipulate the trigger group. The actual firearm remains unchanged, but the trigger group, which is a removable, you know, removable components can be put in and uh, modified, and that's mm-hmm. how they did this. Mm-hmm. It's rec- very recognizable because on the stock, there's a cutout for where the selector lever came out, and then there was a disc plate right. that was laid into and to the be, stock. And to be clear, yours is not. No, 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 no. longer. No, yeah, mine is not I don't want fully get, automatic. Yeah, I don't want, don't want anyone to get the wrong idea. None of no. these parts are on, on the firearm. No. So, these, and we're going to put pictures of the firearm up, right. so you'll, you'll be able to see it. So this gets into the history of it. So... It, this is not a fully automatic firearm. This is not a machine gun. Don't worry. This is fully legal. Fully legal. <laughs> so this gun had a selector lever that yeah. came out, and the the lever, you know, selected. They had selector markings on a plate that mm-hmm. was in the stock. So the the lever notched itself into certain parts mm-hmm. of the the plate, and that's right. what allowed it to right. be select semi or fully automatic function. Another thing they did was. They took out the standard 10-round box magazine. They milled out the inside of the receiver area, and mm-hmm. they manufactured a high-capacity 30-round magazine. Oh, now, nice. I have a picture of it. The magazine yeah. is actually rarer than the guns. Um, <laughs> good luck finding one of those. So mm-hmm. this just has a regular 10-round internal magazine, and they made provisions on the inside of the firearm internally to accept that magazine. It mm-hmm. looks like an AK mag, but the latch in the back is a little different to accommodate where... Uh, the magazine catch is on an SKS versus an AK. So they they basically craft produced a, a, a light rifle, a yeah. machine, a, uh, you know, a machine gun basically out of whatever they had. Mm-hmm. Now, after the war, this gun was, you know, returned in stockpiles. There was a lot of dis- dearmament going on after the breakup of Yugoslavia. And 
they were just sold off a of surplus. They mm-hmm. changed out the trigger group to a semi-automatic trigger group, right. which allowed it to be legal for importation to the yeah. U.S., mm-hmm. put a 10-round fixed magazine in, and sold it to the U.S. as surplus, you know, to a distributor or wholesale right. or whatever, right. and then it was sold to the population. Now, this gun, by what I would see as their definition, is a weapon of war. Yeah, this yeah, was used, sure. and actually on the stock, there's carvings. There's a town, there's a name of a town carved into the stock. Mm. I, I don't know how to pronounce it in Bosnian or, or whatever the language is, but it's right. Buzim, B-U-Z-I-M. Mm-hmm. And you can look that up. Yeah. And basically where it is, is if you look it up on a map, it's in the northwestern corner of Bosnia and Herzegovina right. near Croatia. Right. But there was a lot of shit going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's a really fucked up war if you want to look into it. Yeah. Basically, it was fought along ethnic lines, mm-hmm. religious lines, mm-hmm. Muslims versus Catholics, yeah. some, Serbians versus Bosnians, Croatians. It, it's a really fucked up war. Right. This bears uh, initials of somebody HS. Uh, it's either somebody's name or somebody's mm-hmm. group or somebody's yeah. whatever. I don't know who. Um, and this gun was used by partisan fighters right. for whatever, the defense yeah. of what they believe to be right, the defense of their town, their country. Mm-hmm. And so to me, this embodies a weapon of war. Right. Used- and, it, and it is, man, because <clears throat> this was something that was issued to two soldiers and used to fight wars right it and is soldiers is a loose definition in this right? one I well mean, yeah of course the one of the cooler things about this is the safety catch here that's near yeah. the trigger mm-hmm. it is handmade so this part wow. here right. was handmade and you could see the checkering yeah that, well, yeah yeah you could see it from over there i could see it the, the checkering on it is made yeah. by hand right this part is made by hand right and there was a lot of shit that happened mm-hmm. in war mm-hmm. that you, you had to make guns. You had to come up with firearms. You right. had to modify guns. And that's what this was. For sure. Now, the government mm-hmm. w- doesn't see this as a weapon of war. Right. They view uh, off-the-shelf AR-15 as a weapon yeah. of war. But I contend that this is more of a weapon than a weapon of war than any Smith & Wesson right. M&P that's sold out there. Right. And it's just, it's, it's, it, what we're trying to, you know, what we're trying to say is that we have legitimate weapons of war that are fully legal uh, under all of these um, gun control uh, policies that, if you read them, they're there to prevent people from owning, quote, weapons of war. Right. So, you know, it, it really, you have to ask the question, why is this legal when this is a legitimate weapon of war? It's because it doesn't fit into the narrative of looking mean and scary. It doesn't, right. it's not black. It doesn't have a pistol grip. It's made of wood. So, you know, it's one of those things, man, like, like we've talked about in the past. Mini 14s, you take one that's sporterized, looks right. real mean. Right. Um, and people will say, and by definition, that is quote unquote, an assault rifle. You put a wooden stock on it, take all the cool shit off of it. All of a sudden it becomes totally normal. It's fine. It's a ranch gun. It's used to, to kill foxes because they're, they're eating your chickens. And it's like, shoots the same ammunition at the same rate of fire, same everything just doesn't have black stuff all over it. Right. Now in our previous episode, we said about the SKS, it shoots the same caliber round of ammunition as the AK-47. What the Bosnians tried to do with this was make it into an, an AK-47, basically, because yeah. they either couldn't get them or they had a hard time finding weapons. You know, they, they made did with what they had. Right. And uh, the reason why I say this is rare is because there's not that many imported. There was, there's not that many that are found to be mm-hmm. original like this. Mm-hmm. I actually spoke to the gentleman that wrote this website. And even on the website, they said there was only a handful of these rifles have been imported. He told me a number, like, mine's the eighth 
one that he has seen in the U.S. Now, wow. stocks have shown up, but not matching yeah. to the rifle. This stock is matching to the rifle. So this is, this is you know, as it was over mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, to me, like I said, embodies a weapon of war. You know, yeah. whether it's by a government. You know, a Mosin Nagant was a weapon of war. Yeah, it was. And, you we, know? Have and we have one here. Funny enough that I should say Mosin Nagant. I'm going to put this SKS down over there safely. Um, you know, even at, even firearms, they don't have to be, quote, assault rifles. They don't have to be, quote... They don't even have to be semi-auto. Right. They don't have to be semi-auto. Right. So this here is a uh, Hungarian Mosin 48A, which most people commonly view as a M44. Mm-hmm. You know, technically yeah. the name for it... I mean, excuse me, a 48M, not a 48A. Um, technically, the Hungarians named this gun the 48M, but mm. for all intents and purposes, it's a M44. It's a carbine. Right. This one the carbine version. Yeah, this one's made in 1952. And this one here was, by what I can tell, an actual weapon of war. Um, a few of the big giveaways is that it's not import marked, which, again, this, this is kind of a, a rare firearm in that aspect because the gun tells a story. If you right. look at a gun, it tells a story. So this gun in particular says made in 1952, mm-hmm. right on the, the barrel mm-hmm. shank, just like any other Mosin. Yeah. On the left side of the barrel shank, it has German proof marks, mm-hmm. which you're like, German proof marks on a Hungarian gun. The proof marks show that, from what I did my research on, that it was imported into Germany in 1991, right? So this gun was imported into Germany in 1991, and then it has the caliber on the side, 762 millimeter Russian, which mm-hmm. is a very German way of doing it. Um, the, the gun is pretty beat up. I'm not going to lie. The gun looks like it was used and drugged through shit and whatever. Sure. Um, the stock is chewed up in various places. But, mm-hmm. you know, it does does function. It is a weapon of war. Right. The big giveaway to me was on the stock there, on the stock and on the magazine housing, there's carvings. What appears to be UCK, Uniform Charlie Kilo. I thought at first maybe somebody just got bored and wanted to write the word fuck but didn't put an F. And I'm like... I'm like, why? What is this UCK? Mm -hmm. It turns out UCK is the abbreviation for the Kosovo Liberation Army, which was an ethnic Albanian separatist militia that sought the separation of Kosovo from the Federal Republic of Yugoslavia and Serbia during the 90s Mm -hmm. and the eventual creation of Greater Albania due to a due to the presence of vast ethnic majority of Albanians in the region, stressing Albanian culture, ethnicity and nation. So this is another gun that was involved in the breakup of Yugoslavia, mm. ethnic war, um, you know, which is really fucked up. Mm. Now, this gun in particular, like I said, the import, the German proof marks show that it was imported into Germany in 1991. How this gun got to Kosovo, I don't know. I can't tell you. Um, I, I can only tell by what's on the gun. So somebody carved UCK on the stock and UCK on the magazine housing. Okay. So I know that somebody in the Kosovo Liberation carved this stock, yeah. right? Carved this stock up. Right. Now, somebody could say, well, somebody could have just carved that on there. I'm sure, like, they could have. True. But, yeah. you know, the gun is non-import marked. And the gun, when I got it, needed work. This was the gun that I had mentioned in an episode or two ago that needed to go to the gunsmith because the barrel was welded up. Mm-hmm. This gun was some sort of bring back that was welded up. And um, whoever undid the bolt... It was probably janked up to begin with, but mm-hmm. it works. It's not pretty, but somebody made the bolt free, you know, free to move. And then yeah. I had to get the barrel done by a gunsmith. Very, right. They got it to a, a place where I could shoot it. I mean, mm-hmm. the gun was kind of janked up from the beginning, but 
I thought this was very relevant to preserve a piece of history like this. Right. And just because it doesn't have import markings doesn't make it illegal in any way no. or anything like that. No, 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 no. Right. No. A gun that doesn't have import markings, for example, I have a Mosin Sniper, PU Mosin Sniper. And that gun doesn't have import markings, even though it was imported during right. a time when they were supposed to be. Sometimes they get missed. Sometimes, you know, a, mat, a distributor or an importer has mm-hmm. to stamp a thousand guns. Right. Sometimes shit gets missed. Yeah. Sometimes it's a light stamp. Sometimes it's it's yeah. wrong. I have a right. I have a Mosin, a Russian M44 that's stamped that as a country of importation is China. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not true. Right. It, it gets into some other things, stories that you could tell about the gun. Right. But more importantly, a gun like this and a gun like the SKS are actual weapons of war. Exactly. They were used in war, brought back from war, just like any other firearm that's out there used in a conflict. Right. Now, why why am I stressing this? Obviously, you get the you get the point that I'm getting at here with the with the terminology and the mm-hmm. phraseology. Mm-hmm. Because weapons of war, based on this, is a made up gun control buzz phrase. Oh yeah. And that's what we're, I'm trying to get across. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was focus grouped, I'm sure. Right. Somewhere. Focus group, somewhere in a and think tank. And it sounded really good. It's and, got alliteration, the two yeah. W's. Right. And it sounds really good because who doesn't want to take weapons of war off our streets? I mean, this is this goes into, you know, that common sense gun control narrative right. where it's like, well, here we're going to push, you know, common sense gun, gun control. Right. We're going to take weapons of war off the street. Right. You know, it sounds really good, but when you really look at it, it's just. It just really doesn't even apply to actual right. weapons of war. No, it doesn't. And any any modern day military that takes a semi automatic AR fifteen into battle, that, that's not what they do. Right. I mean, there are countries. Don't get me wrong. There are countries out there that use semi automatic firearms for mm-hmm. logistical purposes. Yeah. But honestly, they're they're rear echelon troops. They're not yeah. frontline guys. They might be relegated to guard duty, just like a lot of guys in World War Two. You know, rear echelon guys. They were you know, given M1 carbines mm-hmm. and then the platoon leaders had submachine guns and right. some guys had heavy, you know, automatic rifles, BARs. Right. But right. Right. there's a there's a, a role for every type of firearm. So again, this is what I want to stress to people is that don't be swayed by these buzzwords. Don't yeah. be swayed by these catchy phrases that these politicians use in order to try to push their own agenda. Right. Every gun used that can be used in a conflict, a Glock a Glock is a weapon of war technically because it, is. it was adopted by the Austrian mm-hmm. army. Mm-hmm. You know? It's not machine it's not just machine guns, it's right. not just mortars, it's not just tanks, it's 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 every firearm that can be used in a conflict is yeah. technically a weapon of mm-hmm. war. And that is what they want to ban. They want to scare the the moms out there, the people that don't know, that don't really think critically about this. Yeah. You know? And I've said before, it's not your fault for not knowing, but it is your fault for not doing the research and really understanding if you're someone who doesn't know and you're trying to have a conversation with somebody about gun control and it's just clear that you have no idea what you're talking about well that doesn't make the person who does know what they're talking about you know targeting you you know a lot of people they get into the gun control argument where they're just like oh well uh, you know they're getting refuted and it's like oh well, you know you're you're just a you're just a gun nut oh like you you, you just want you just want people to be killed oh, what what we we were having a conversation right. and now because you don't understand exactly what you started to talk about now like you want to attack me and and I'm a horrible person who wants guns and I want children to die and like I mean these are the, these are the things that you see you holding know? to me holding these firearms is a sobering reality to what happens in the world and oh, very yeah. recent history at that like i said the the kosovo liberation army you know wanted to create an ethnic majority of albanians in the region so 
you know, they don't want other ethnicities in there. Right. The genocide and ethnic cleansing that was going on in Bosnia, in Bosnia Croatia, Yugoslavia, uh, all these, the, that whole region of the former Republic of Yugoslavia, they're still finding bodies, mass graves. They're still demining areas. I mean, this is a very recent thing. Yeah. And it really gets to, you know, people oftentimes when they think of genocide, they think of, you know, Hitler and, and, and the Holocaust and World War II. Right. It happens in, yeah. in almost every country, man. Mm -hmm. It happens, you know, when we when we had the episode about the SKSs, I we I brought in armbands from the uh, the Red Guard, mm -hmm. you know, Macedon's Red Guard. Right. You know, who's to say that an armband worn by a Red Guard member is any less offensive than a Hitler Youth armband? Yeah. You know? Right. I mean, they, they go they, they're really for the same purpose. Yeah. You know, and to have a gun that you know, was using these conflicts and to say, holy shit, they had to make do with what they had because yep. they were being genocided. Right. It really, it really sobers you up to the realities and facts of life that mm -hmm. even now in America, you know, I, I, I really hate to say it, but you know, people say civil war is coming. I, I don't think civil war is coming, no. but there is going to be violence. I mean, there's violence now. Yes. You know, but I, look, I think the people who are saying civil war is coming, people are going to be in the streets fighting. It's, I don't think so. Man, well, I really don't think so. If that's the case, I mean, is this going to be another? Is this going to be a weapon of war again? I mean, yeah. you 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 look at a gun. And what is it designed to do? You're right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's designed to kill bad guys. Right. Well, it's designed to kill people, whether or not they're mm, bad guys. I mean, when you think about the ultimate initial purpose, bad guys are subjective. Who's yeah, bad I know, I know, not? and I know it is. Yeah. I know it depends on what side you're right. on. Exactly. And that's that's something that a lot of people need to realize is that when you say weapons of war, mm -hmm. you're literally you're, you're you're removing the fact that any gun is deadly and lethal, and you're really just making all guns into one category. Oh yeah, and I don't think that that should be. Well, I think the ultimate goal is to get rid of all guns. Exactly, I I, I think so too. Now, getting into, for example, in New York, a weapon of war. <laughs> Right. You could have a weapon of war technically in New York. You can have a, a Mosin Nagant. You can have right. an SKS. You can have a K90. Yep. You can have a, a yep. Tokarev. You can have, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, even obviously, you know, what they're getting at is the, the fully automatic, the machine guns and everything. But, and the semi automatic things with pistol grips and all that stuff. Right. Exactly. But I mean, that's really the target. It is. It is the target, but I, I just happen to think sarcastically that when they say weapons of war... Oh, yeah, it's 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 totally ridiculous. <laughs> I, I agree. Now, you can... Like I said, if you're into collecting guns, for example, recalling back to our previous episode about Joe Biden's gun control, if you're into collecting weapons of war, let's just say, they want to make it so you can only buy one gun a month. Yeah. Which, I mean... That, that makes no sense. Why? Exactly. Yeah. If I want to buy these two guns together... What am I doing? Technically, they're legal. This one's a bolt action. The other's a compliant semi-automatic. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm following the letter of the law, why only buy be able to buy one gun? Yep. Um, I'm not really sure. Again, you they say buy the gun and not the story, but you can definitely tell some things about a gun and where it's been by certain things that are on the stock or mm -hmm. markings, stampings, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, so when you're... If, if this is something that you're really interested in, mm -hmm. well, let me backtrack. Let me rephrase that. This is something that really got me into, like I said in the SKS episode, this is something that really got me into history. This is something that really got me into world history, politics, global history. I mean, I would have never known about, I, I was born in the 90s. I was born in 1990. 
I would have never known about what was going on in Yugoslavia if I didn't really, you know, learn about firearms and all these guns that were used and all these different separatist groups and these ethnic groups. And, you know, ultimately, you know, what went down there was very tragic. But I would have never known had I not got into this. And studying weapons of war, as I I lovingly call it, really, you know, kind of became a life's passion. Yeah. In all honesty. Um, I don't really know what else much more there is to say about this. What do you, other do you have any what, questions? No, I mean just like you know, as we know, the weapon, the weapon of war, buzz phrase or buzzwords, um, is used by you know, gun control advocates to really push, you know, taking guns out of people's hands. Exactly. What other real weapons of war do you own that you know that are that's totally legal that right. you know technically were used in war and conflict and technically are weapons of war right well i mean any mosin nagant out there is pretty right. much a weapon of war yeah oh, of course um, of i course. have mosin nagants from finland i have mosin nagants from china I have, uh, russia hungary um i'm just trying to think i um yeah i think that's pretty much it russia Finland, China, Hungary, right. Romania. I have a Romanian M44 as well. Mm-hmm. I, okay. God, I, I'm trying to go through the list in my head, and it's it's really kind of Mosins. When we do a Mosin episode, trust me, there'll be some variety. Everyone yeah. will will like one. Um, I mean, K98 Mausers. Right. I mean, I have um, I have uh, two German K98s, mm-hmm. Ks, which mm-hmm. are Russian captures, which you definitely know were weapons of war because right. the Russians captured them, yeah. refurbished them. Um, I have a Polish WZ-29 that was used in the Spanish Civil War, yep. um, which, you know, that's a weapon of war, yeah. technically. Um, so let me, let me ask you this. This will be an interesting topic. What's your stance on, um, you know, AK-47s? Because AK-47s, I know obviously right. the fully auto ones, but technically they're, they are weapons of war, and you can buy ones that are, you know, semi-auto and whatnot. Yeah. You know, we look at what... You know, in America, they're saying, you know, oh, uh, AR-15s are weapons of war, which we all know they're not. Right. AK-47s, on the other hand, they're used in conflict. So they, they are. are weapons of war, right? So are AR-15s to some degree, yeah. But more specifically, when you get into a new-made semi-automatic, obviously that specific gun has never seen combat. Sure. But, I mean, let's say you have a, I mean, our, our AK-47s that were once full-auto that were converted to semi-auto now are those those could be sold here legally no well yeah they have to be cut up into parts and then obviously once you know if it was it in order to be imported it has to be cut into parts and then okay. you rebuild it from those parts so, so basically the only ak's that you could buy now are new new built that were never no i'm right it's kind of a long answer but i'll mm-hmm. give you the long and short of it depending on the state new york for example doesn't allow you to own machine guns if you live in another right. state, you can buy a, a true AK-47 that was brought back from Vietnam, registered and in a 68 amnesty, like I said in the machine gun episode, and it was an actual weapon of war. It's going to cost you a shitload of money, but you can do it. Um, parts kits come into the country, chopped up guns that were demilled. People rebuild them on a new U.S. receiver. Mm-hmm. The receiver is not a weapon of war, but the right. rest of the gun could have been used in God knows what conflict, you know, doing God knows what. Right. So that, you know, you could argue that that's a weapon of war, yeah. even though it's semi-automatic. Right. Um, and, then, now. and then the the new, the new newly produced AK-47s, although they were never that exact firearm was never used in conflict. Well, the, you know, it does have the name. and You'd be surprised, man. For example, um, 
Romanian Wasser 10s. So they're a Romanian AK-47 that's specifically built to semi-auto only mm-hmm. for okay. export. Right. They were actually, there was years ago, um, Atlantic Firearms received a shipment of them back from Afghan contractors who they issued semi-automatic uh, AKs to Afghan contractors, Afghan national soldiers or mm-hmm. whomever over in, I believe Africa, no, not Afghan, excuse me, Africa. Uh, parts of Africa, they used them as security. And then a U.S., because they were originally from the U.S., a U.S. importer was able to bring them back and sell them to the public. So okay. they were actual, you know, used by security forces, defense forces. I believe it was in Africa, um, contractors, and brought back and be able to be mm-hmm. sold to the public. And they were kind right. of collectible. So you can argue that, yeah, even a, a new semi-automatic weapon that was made in America right. or made for the American market, imported to America and exported, mm-hmm. technically could be a weapon of war. Right. And we all know that because of the... Gun advocacy, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, gun control advocacy group, an AK-47 does, just by definition of theirs, does fall into that weapon of war assault rifle category, whether it's semi-automatic or not, because it's got pistol grip and stuff like that. But, I mean, the argument can be made by them that that is actually, in fact, a weapon of war. It can be made, but honestly, (coughs) any gun could be a weapon of war. Yeah, but as far as things that were actually issued to people... Well, not not physically like you know that you're the gun you're holding was so issued. You're talking but about the, the design of a firearm. Correct. I mean, well, m- you know, Mosin Nagants were desi- were designed and used in conflict. They were assigned to right. to you know units on in armies, yes. just like the M1 Garand. Yes. You know that's that's kind of what I'm getting at. So, you know, there could have been ones that were never actually fired or right. used or or given or assigned, but they were designed to be used in conflict. You know, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, I, I could agree with that for, for the most part. But really, any gun that's imported commercially to the U.S., like let's just say you get an AK from Bulgaria. Arsenal right. in Bulgaria, that's the mm-hmm. name of the company, yeah. makes semi-automatic AKs for export for the civilian market in the U.S. Mm-hmm. That gun could be a weapon of war if you choose to do so with it. Right. It doesn't, you know, in my opinion, it's not an assault rifle, but people yeah. will call it that. Like mm-hmm. you said, you know, mm-hmm. these groups will call it an assault rifle. Right. But it's not fully automatic. And mm-hmm. honestly, it wasn't made, it wasn't sold to be a weapon of war. Yeah. It was sold to the U.S. domestic market, the mm-hmm. civilian market. Now, mm-hmm. if some shit were to go down in America, I mean, it could be used effectively. But yeah. I think, like I said, this this term "weapon of war" leaves too much leeway. It leaves too mm-hmm. much wiggle room. Like oh, that's said, the it's point. A buzzword, exactly, exactly. Um, but again, you you look at firearms usage all over the world. I mean, people are still using stuff that's that's fucking ancient, man. Yeah. I mean, we just had a, a shipment of things from Ethiopia into the country. Uh, firearms from Ethiopia. They got stuff from all over. Carcanos, uh, Mausers, um, even U.S. firearms. They were using. I mean, some of this stuff dates back to the, the late 1800s, early 1900s, you know, to the turn, turn of the century. Um, yeah, I mean, let's not forget black powder rifles are also weapons of war. Yes, they are. Muskets. Right. You know, muskets. Um, the Revolutionary War was fought with black right. powder firearms. Right. I, I tend to sometimes forget about that. Yeah. You know, you see a musket and you're like, or a, sp- a Springfield, a right. trapdoor Springfield. Right. It was I a mean, weapon of war. Yeah, and if you want to think about it, it was an assault rifle, right? Right. That was the assault <laughs> rifle at the time. Yeah, right. You know, and do po- are politicians lumping those in with mm-hmm. modern day sporting rifles? Mm-hmm. No. Right. A hunting gun could be a sniper rifle. Yep. I mean, it's it just really, it's about usage. That's yeah. why... They, there's a joke, you know, you say, my rifle's not an assault rifle. It never assaulted anybody. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> but I think playing into this this whole n- word narrative, we really kind of show how 
ridiculous mm-hmm. it is and oh, how yeah. really you just see through the curtain and see what they really want to try and accomplish mm-hmm. and like excuse me like i said in new york i own weapons of war yep. and they're not on the streets they're in my possession safely right you and know? by weapons of war he means that you yeah, know that, this this fi- these firearms semi-auto you know like the SKS, SKS, and, uh, as, as well as you know compliant yeah. you know other compliant guns and right right you know it, <laughs> i laugh i i'm laughing just because I'm, I'm running through the list of the guns i own in my head i'm like yeah that one yeah that one you yeah, know no that one yeah that one you know right. it, it just kind of you run down it and you're just like you know man guns were made to be weapons of war yeah for the most part yeah yeah i mean it, the application of it could be really anything you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's shown throughout time that, you know, conflicts where non-state actors, partisan people right. will pull out old hunting shotguns in order yeah. to, to defend their country against people. Well, I mean, didn't Biden just say recently that you don't need, like, an assault rifle? All you need to do is have a shotgun and fire two blasts. <laughs> oh, shotgun so Fire two, yeah. two blasts into the air. Yeah, really and, disregarding uh, any yeah, safety. Like, Jesus Christ, man. I know. I know, man. You can go all day about, you know, Joe Biden and his gun control policies. Or just fucking politicians in general saying oh. silly things like a 30 caliber clip. Oh, yeah, ghost 30 caliber gun. clip goes gun. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a classic, man. Oh, man. This is a this ghost gun that can fire a 30 caliber, caliber clip, clip in half a second. Yeah, 30 caliber <laughs> clip. Half a second, and I'm just like, "What? This guy has no idea what he's talking about." Yeah, it sounded like a bad copy and paste job, like, like, you know, like your computer sputtering, dude. And like, just... even I felt bad for him watching. I was like, "Oh my god!" Now, of course, so it's got to be bad. in California. Uh, well, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you live in California, I, f- I mean, I feel for you. No, but, I do. But I also feel for you if you live here in New York and yes. you're trying to navigate these these rough waters of these laws. And, I know, I know. New York know. wants to ban weapons of war, but you know what the ironic part about it is too, and then and the, there's a provision in the New York Safe Act where it allows you to register, currently register a, quote, assault weapon as long as it's over 50 years old. Mm-hmm. So let's just say, for example, I want to buy an SVT-40, a total right. rev. Even if it has a, a bayonet lug and a, and a muzzle compensator on it because it accepts a detachable magazine, I could have it transferred into the state and within, I believe, 30 days of taking possession, mm-hmm. I can register it with the state police as a, quote, assault weapon. Right, right? Now... It's funny because if the if the government's trying to take weapons of war and assault weapons off our streets, yet I'm able to register what they deem as an assault weapon, you know what? Then what's stopping me from having it? Nothing. Right. Right. What What does it accomplish? You just they just want to know where it is. Why? So you could come and take it. Yeah. Exactly. And then you'll have real weapons of war because people aren't going to want to give them up. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. It, it can get dangerous, man. I believe it fully can. And honestly, it's it's been shown in conflicts throughout the world. I mean, one of the most notorious ones is Vietnam. I mean, they had AKs, yeah, but a lot of it was just leftover guns from World War II. There was right. so many German firearms in Vietnam being mm-hmm. used against Americans. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're pulling up guns that, you know, bolt-action rifles, Sturmgewehrs, you know, MG42s, you know, all these ob- obscure firearms being used in conflicts. It doesn't have to be this what this high-tech, futuristic assault rifle. It could be any firearm. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, guerrilla warfare, especially in the Middle East, is something that, that now we're fighting with. I mean, there's pictures of Taliban fighters with Lee Enfields and yeah. Martini Henrys. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're fighting against people that are are fighting for an ideology, and they're going to use whatever means they can to mm-hmm. fight for that. Right. So. You have anything else to add? No, I didn't think this episode was going to be very long. No. Um, 
it was it's just, really just focused on like one little aspect. Right, of, one little aspect right. of gun control that I really want people to look into, and honestly, to highlight a couple of the guns that I have because right. I really think they're they're worth highlighting. The fact that you know, like I said, if you want to collect weapons of war, well, in New York you can. In certain yeah. instances, I mean, you just got to really be able to find them. And like I said, this SKS is very rare, but you know, you can. Right. And right. the media then. Well, you just see right through the media's, you know, shadow of this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, like like we've been saying, it's it's really just it's all politics, man. It's it just all about the buzzwords and and the phrases that they could use and what sounds good. They've they've really exhausted the term assault rifle at this point. Oh, I know, and that's they, why they had to make and this they had new to come phrase. up with another one: weapons of war, weapons right. of war. And right. It's like mm, weapons of war. If you really look at it, it's the same exact thing as an assault rifle in their eyes. In their eyes, which yes. which assault rifle in their eyes really is not. A true assault rifle anyway right and like we said in our last episode rifles of any kind are used in less crimes killed less people than fists hammers and yeah. blunt objects hand handguns hand handguns by, yes. by thousands by thousands handguns kill yeah. more people every it's year just, than any rifles of any kind. right yeah it's amazing and you know it, it's just so when you look at the stats like i think it was less than 300 yeah less than 300 people a year are killed by Rifles, rifles and look how much gun control there is about rifles right. and i think really what it comes down to is rifles are just too widely available for the government to accept yeah. you, you don't you don't need permitting to get a rifle you know unless you live in new york city yeah um you don't need permits you can be 18 to get it you know and and i think that they're you know handguns are you know you need licensing and permits and all that stuff i think for the government that the laws were surrounding rifles in general are just too laxed for them and and they don't like that they want to control it right and more so there was uh court decisions you know the heller decision affirmed that you have the right to have a handgun in your home right. for self-defense mcdonald yep. decision as well mm -hmm. you could have a handgun in your home for self-defense yep now obviously if there's a supreme court precedent set about that you can't go after the handguns even though they kill more people every year than rifles so what are you going to do lot. you hate guns so much you're going to go after rifles yeah, i think it was over 6000 yeah. handgun yeah. related um homicides that was in 2018 i believe right 2018 i think from that episode yeah, right right yeah. and um, from what i saw these these i mean these statistics are coming off of the cdc website and the fbi you know crime statistics and um, the ones that matched up were, were the same. So right. I have to believe that these statistics are, are true and accurate. Right. And honestly, okay. where else are you going to get statistics statistics like that? Right. Um, you know, I didn't see anything for 2019 or 2020. I'm not sure if they do every two years or, or you know, a, a section of time. I don't know. I could have missed 20, 2019. But still, I mean... The, the argument still it's stands. It's recent enough. Right. You're looking at, you know, within the last couple of years. And exactly. And to see that rifles only account for less than 300 of the of the homicides, and you have handguns, which are, uh, you know, accounting for over 6,000, it really does, you really have to question, like, what what is the motive here? You're talking about something that only kills 300 people. The motive, the motive is to ban them because they, because they don't like them. It's amazing that we, we, there are these, you know, groups that are so against rifles and we're spending a lot of money for our lawmakers to write you know these these crazy policies and people are lobbying on both sides for and against how much money you think is spent and circulated and wasted depending on what what your beliefs are for literally 300 deaths a year I'm not saying that those people's lives aren't worth it but i'm just saying it feels like to me looking at the stats that you know, maybe you'd want to focus on handguns. That might be, you know, you one might of, be saving more lives, you know? One of Joe Biden's policies, again, not to recall too much of the last episode, but 
one of, if I remember correctly, one of his last policies was to put nine hundred million dollars into researching or to ending the the epidemic of gun violence. And he said that over eight, his website said that over eight years you could save at a minimum twelve thousand lives. Which over eight years, that's fifteen hundred lives a year that you could save. Now, if you, I, I did the math, and if you break that down. That's spending $600,000 per life saved, allegedly, over this eight-year period. Okay. Now, again, if you if you only save 1,500 lives a year, and how many suicides did we say there were? It was... Oh, Jesus. Um, I know. I'm recalling... I know. I'm recalling it's from It's 60% last year. of right. the overall firearm right. deaths. I, I mean, believe. look, if you're going to commit $900 million to something, the... Those numbers, they, I don't, not that I don't think it's worth, obviously human life is very important, I mean, but look, uh, there's better I know, things I know, you could I know, spend that I know money what you're on. getting at. Yeah. And the thing is like, yeah, okay, you can't put a price on human life. No. You can't, right? But when you're talking about spending a ridiculous amount of money for, you know, preventing the deaths, if we're talking about rifles, preventing the death, the homicide of less than 300 people. You really have to think about is is what they're pushing really for the people or is it really for their political views only? You know, and I, I think it's it's pretty clear, you know, it's yes. it's for the politics. And for one reason or another, they don't like they don't like rifles. You know, it's not like rifles are out there killing a hundred thousand people a year. There it is the lowest rifles are used the least in homicides. I think it's long guns of any kind, not just rifles, but also rifles and shotguns. I well they I'm... they have it listed as rifles. Oh, okay. And then All there's right. a separate section for uh for shotguns, but oh, okay. I mean they're not really going after shotguns. No. New York State goes after sh- quote assault, assault shotguns. shotguns. But you know, they came up with assault everything, man. Right. You can have an assault fist if you wanted to. Yeah, sure. But sure. um you know, th- as far as that that statistic it, it, it does break it down to rifles alone. So, all right. So, I think we're pretty much wrapped up on this topic. Yeah, I think we've I, we've talked about yeah. it enough, man. It's just <laughs> you it's get our too... point, you get our sarcasm. But yeah. like I said, I did want to highlight these two firearms. I feel right. like they're very important in my collection. Yeah. Um, for any firearms enthusiast um, who might only be focusing on new firearms, I would maybe implore them to take a look at some of the old guns that are out there. They could tell a, an amazingly interesting story. They could really enlighten you to a lot of things that you right. might not have really known about. Um, and there is a time and place for the new modern guns, but there's also a time and place for the old ones. Yeah. So give them a home. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in. And um, I guess that's it. Taylor, thanks for uh, com- yeah. for coming by, bringing no some guns Anytime. and talking about it. <laughs> I, love, I love bringing my guns by. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> this guy comes over every week with a new gun. <laughs> yeah, well, just don't tell my wife. <laughs> no, well, don't accidentally buy a firearm. That's yeah. a that's a that's I, a good story. I tried man. pulling that one once. <laughs> yeah, <excellent. laughs> this guy texts me. He goes, "Yo, he's like, I found a you know a firearm on on, on gun broker." I'm like, "Oh, it's cool." He's like, "Yeah, I accidentally bought it." I'm like, "How the fuck do you accidentally buy a gun on gun broker?" He's like, "Well, you know, I I, I put a bid on it, and then they got outbid." And so then I put another bid on it, and I got help it again. And I said to myself, like, well, you know, I'll put one more bid on I it. I wanted to see how high like, the bid was. Uh, you know, if, if, if I get help it, I won't, you know, I won't put in another bid. And no one put in another bid, so he won the fucking gun. That's not an accidental purchase, my guy. Fucking tells his wife he accidentally purchased the firearm. <laughs> At least I told her. <laughs> <laughs> you could have came. I don't. I mean, man, dude, the excuse. I'll never forget. That's like one of the greatest stories you've ever told me. Like, yo, dude, I accidentally bought this gun. <laughs> I, accidentally, I really. I want to see people out there 
if you're listening to this, try that on your wife. Yeah, Say, tell yeah, us some crazy yeah, stories. I want to. I want to hear. <laughs> I want to hear how many times you accidentally... Has anybody out there accidentally purchased a firearm? <laughs> <laughs> you know how much work listen, it takes to story. buy a firearm that's on That's my story. Broker. I'm sticking with it. I'm just yeah, saying. He's innocent. <laughs> it was accidental. I didn't want it. <laughs> All right, Taylor. Well, uh, Thanks, John. Absolutely. And uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to today's episode at the NY Gun Guys podcast. We do release a new episode every Monday. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at NY Gun Guys. Please give us a like, a follow, and a share. If you have any feedback or a suggestion for a future episode, definitely send us an email at info at nyguyguys.com. We'll see you next time. Be safe out there.